I'd uh, ask you, if you would, before the family comes in, if you would all just please stand. Please be seated. I have the awesome privilege of being a pastor at Northwest Community Church and uh, where Hunter was a member. And it's an awesome privilege to be able to stand up here and to be able to talk about the Lord. But in order to start our service off and in order to not allow myself to get overwhelmed with emotion and cry, I would like to tell one of my favorite hunter stories. Is that okay? So it was one Sunday afternoon. Church was over. I'm a type 1 diabetic. I was over there testing my levels to make sure that I was okay. Hunter came over to me and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just making sure that I'm okay and I'm testing my levels. And he said, test me. I said, I don't know what you're in for. You don't know what you're in for, but let me see your hand. So I took his hand. I proceeded to test the glucose level of his self. And I did the test and he went, ow, that hurt. And then he punched me. <laughs> in church. I'm a pastor. Hunter, hunter, hunter. Well, uh, there's going to be a lot of those stories that you're going to hear and some that you could possibly tell on your own. 
And I hope you will continually do that for the rest of your life. We gather in here today and we recognize that this is a tragedy. But we're here as a community asking God to help us make sense of this. On behalf of the Kulak family, I simply want to just say thank you. I want to thank you for your love, your calls, your texts, your signing up to bring meals and to help here uh, seating people and greeting people and ushering people and setting up and tearing down. I just want to say on behalf of the Kulak family that I just want to say thank you. It is an absolute blessing of my life to be able to see a community love on this family like you have. And I just want to say thank you on their behalf and myself as well. Um, I also want to say a special thanks before we continue is I want to give a special thanks to Hope Community Church here in Apex for the use of this beautiful facility so that we could all gather in here at one place, at one location, at one time, and to try to heal and try to lean on each other and hopefully learn something through this. So we want to thank you to Hope Community Church and want to do that. So but before I, I, I sit down, before we start singing, I, I want to read you a verse that I hope that you will maybe write down and that you will hold on to and that you will refer. And, and, and whether you're, you're a religious person or not a religious person, I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe you'll, you'll turn back to this, this Bible verse that was written by a guy by the name of Isaiah. And, and it's a beautiful, beautiful Bible verse that I hope that just will help you because it's helped me, and I want to share that with you. In Isaiah 41, 10, Isaiah was a prophet, and he was declaring that God was going to take care of us and rescue us, and here's what he says. He said, fear not, for I am with you. This is God speaking. He said, fear not, for I am with you. And I want to let you know something, that God is with us, and God desires to pick us up, and God desires to teach us a lesson, and so I want to ask you not to fear, but to trust, because why? He's with us. What I love the next part, it says, be not dismayed for I am your God. He's making a bold declaration that I am a personal God. I am not a religion is what he's saying. He is not saying he's a religion. He is saying that he desires a relationship. And the funny thing is I can read that verse and it says, be not dismayed for I am your God. If I read that verse or if you read that verse, it's a declaration to you as an individual. And it can be personal to you. And then it says this, I will strengthen you. I will help you. Do you need strength? I do. And then it says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Bible declares that Jesus sits at the right hand of God. And so when it says that I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, it's basically saying I'm going to give you my absolute best, which is my son. And that's how I'm going to hold you up. So when it says fear not, when it says, be not dismayed, for it says, and I'll strengthen you, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. I pray that it would bring great comfort to you. I pray that it would bring comfort to us as we learn and understand and as we heal. What, what we're going to do is, and this is a, a, a tribute, Donna, we're, we're going to participate today. Maybe to some of you this might be new, but we're going to sing some songs together. Obviously, this band is not up here just to back me up, <laughs> Okay. They're here to help us encounter a living God. And we're going to sing songs about who he is. So if you, if you notice in your program, what basically what it says is, this song, you're going to stay seated. 
this group up here, this band is going to play. And what I want you to do is to focus on the screen and take a look at the words to the song that we're going to sing. They're going to do a great job singing it. But I really want you to be captivated and to look and to learn those, those words of the song as they sing it. On the second song, they're going to invite you, us, to stand up and sing with them. Okay? So what I want to do for us right now is I would love to, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then Scott and the team here are going to lead us. Um, you stay seated for the first song and just cap, be captivated by those words about the great God we serve. So let me pray for us. Holy God, we are in here today, and we are hurting, and we are broken. And we gather in here today because of a tragedy. And a lot of us are trying to make sense of it, but Lord, we we just want to ask you to, to, to take these pieces and as we are broken and scattered that you would put us back together. And Lord, so for this service, I pray that um, you would be honored and that you would be glorified and that you would, would just show us yourself as to who it is that you are. I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for Hunter's life. I'm grateful to have had the privilege to know him. I am grateful to know that he knew you. So this service, God, is a tribute to you. We want to celebrate you. And so as we sit and listen to this song, may you use these words to impact us, to challenge us, and to think about what is life all about. I love you. I thank you for the time you've given us today. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.
so many people, so, um, yeah, there are a lot of people in here. <laughs> um, wow. Words mean so much sometimes, and that song and those, that music, it's just incredible. Um, I'm just going to talk to you guys right here, because <laughs> um, I, I because I can keep going when I talk to you and I look at you. Um, my name is George. Uh, Drew, uh, Hunter, and Parker are, are my nephews. I'm proud to call them my nephews. Um, over the last couple of days, we've heard very beautiful things about how uh, you all have related to Hunter in a lot of different ways. And uh, it's just been beautiful. And just like Matt was saying here just a minute ago, thank you. It means the world to us right now, the ones that are left behind here to kind of deal with this. Um, Drew, um, he, he gave me something a couple of days ago, um, uh, shortly after this, this all uh, happened. Um, and I, and I want to tell you, Drew, that it is, it is my honor, and I'm, I feel so privileged, so fired up, like I feel like a star right now that you're allowing me to share this with everyone else. Um, and so as, as I started with that words mean a lot, as I read this um, to you, I want to tell you that, that it's a, a dedication from a brother to a brother. Um, And it's powerful. Um, so, Drew, thank you. Um, I, I will always hold this moment as a big, big achievement for me um, because you asked me to read this. Um, so, uh, here I go. Uh, it's titled Going Home. Shattered, broken to pieces, we are washed up on heaven's shore. Our lives have just ended and we break the surface, gulping our first breath of eternal air. 
As I am washed ashore, I see cliffs towering over either side of an enormous gate. I fall to the sand, broken. Broken, I came to the world, and broken, I left. I question all, but find the courage to get up. Standing, I hear the bells pealing out over the cliff tops and blending with the crashing of waves. I truly have come to heaven's shore. I move toward the gate. My brokenness is now healed. I have no time for tears, but I have all the time in eternity. I break into a run. I feel as though I'm flying toward those heavenly gates. They call my name. He calls my name. As I draw near, the toll of the bells fill the air, drowning out the last thoughts of apprehension. <laughs> Through those gates, he stands. Then suddenly, the only sound is my beating heart and the distant crashing of waves. In a whisper, he tells me, come, my son, welcome home. I find no tears or words, but only the strength to fall into his arms. I'm home. The broken world lost into the shadows of past. No words can describe how I feel. But it is as though I finally crossed the finish line. I stand buried in the folds of my father's robes, knowing that he knows my every fault, every shortcoming that I had but are gone forever. I need to speak not a word in defense, for I can find no words. I am unworthy. He knows, and yet he loves me more than I have ever been loved. I am home. This is dedicated to my nephew Hunter. Taken too soon, gone before we could say goodbye. This is dedicated from Drew to Hunter, my little brother, the most loving, compassionate person I have had the privilege of knowing. Words cannot describe how much I will miss him, how much I want to have had 15 more minutes to talk to him, but he's gone home. No more darkness will plague him, no more sorrow will find him. He has found peace in the arms of our Heavenly Father. My wife loves it when I pack stuff in these bags. <laughs> There's a story about our wedding that I'll tell some other time. But <laughs> let's just say I packed all the clothes that I brought to change from the church in one of these. And we got in this really nice elevator. I will tell it now. And uh, we, we were broke. And... <laughs> 
and um, we saved up our, all our money to stay at the Peabody in Orlando, the one that had the ducks. And uh, <laughs> there was this old couple in the elevator that we got into, and we had this beautiful uh, luggage cart. <laughs> and she had this really pretty bag. Cynthia, even, even when you know, we didn't have two dimes or two pennies, she always knew how to just make things beautiful. And uh, she had her stuff in a lovely bag. I'm sure it had flowers on it. And I think I had mine in a Publix bag. <laughs> and uh, I looked at this couple that were so stately. <laughs> and I, uh, I said, oh, my bags are in the room. <laughs> uh, they were like, sure. You know, it was so good. Oh, man. I'm keen. Oh. Man, George, you're right. There's a lot of people up here. I had an incredible privilege to shepherd Hunter's heart and to walk with him for almost 18 years. May 5th, he was going to be 18. What the world calls a man. Before I get into things, I just want to take a moment and thank you guys. Oh, my word. I uh, just cannot be more overwhelmed by the love and generosity that is pouring out of so many people. People that we haven't seen for a long time and people that we saw right before Hunter went home. Your generosity is simply staggering, and uh, I would love to give credit to every single person, but every person I give credit to, there's 10 more standing behind them that I'm not going to give credit to, so I just want to say thank you, if in case I forget, because <laughs> my brain's a little scattered right now, but we are so grateful, and they're so thankful, and your ministry in our life is massive, and I hate to say it, we'll probably be messed up for a little while, but I think I was messed up before Hunter left, so <laughs> that's nothing new. You know, if you didn't know Hunter, maybe you just knew us, uh, or you knew somebody that knew us and you're here to honor him, uh, thanks for coming. If you didn't know Hunter, man, when this thing's done, ask somebody near you to tell you a Hunter story. I, the, the kid was crazy. I mean, he... <laughs> He could, I, I don't think he was ever, we were talking this on the way over here, I don't think he ever was the first in the car, like waiting, ready to go. He always was the last in the car, and when he showed up, he had no shoes on. <laughs> he might have one sock on, and he'll get in the car and he's like, what? What? I'm ready. Like, you know, that was how you're supposed to show up to go. And it was just you know, in the moment, you're like, oh, you're killing me, kid. But uh, it's such a joyful memory. So if you don't know Hunter, uh, ask, ask somebody near you for a story because they'll have one to tell. He always had a smile. I, I was looking through some of the pictures that I pulled together for last night and other things, and it was hard to find one where he wasn't smiling. I was like, he was so joyful so much of the time. And I think that's why these seats are so full not 
because of words that might be said today, but because of the impact Hunter had on your life. And that's so beautiful. I mean, I'm just, I knew him, but after what I've been through the last 48 hours, I feel like I didn't know him because you guys knew him in a way that oh, was so rich. And that's cool. And I'm so blessed to know that you guys got to do that with him and so thankful. If you had the privilege of knowing Hunter, there was uh, uh, all sorts of stories you could tell. And, and then there's a select group of people that got to spend the night with Hunter somewhere. <laughs> and this is a group that uh, I know you guys are praying for us, but these people are probably going to need some therapy for a little while because what that kid would do in the middle of the night was shockingly bizarre. Uh, we don't know if it was night terrors or what, but it, it actually became kind of fun not to warn people. For a little while, you would warn people, hey, Hunter has like these night terrors, so just get ready. And, uh, and he would scream, scream. Like when he first started doing it, he'd stand on his bed. And this was before he, uh, you know, hit his growth spurt. And so he wasn't tall enough, but when it, it kept going on, I remember talking to Cynthia and I was like, you know, he's gonna hit his head on the fan once the growth spurt starts. And uh, uh, thankfully he stopped standing on the bed and doing other things. But uh, I mean, he just would freak out in the middle of the night. And what was so crazy was he would not remember it in the next morning. And so you'd go to him and you're like, what was that all about? And he's like, what, what? You know, I didn't do anything. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, you had, you, you came in our room. Like, <laughs> he would just open the door at 2 a.m. And he's like standing there. And you're like, oh, you know, you're freaking out now. And then you go get him back in bed. And then uh, you lay awake until 4 a.m., like terrified that he's about to come through the door again. Uh, it, it, you know, he might scream for Advil. He went to Haiti with the, the mission group last year. And I heard, like, in the middle of the night, he just starts screaming. Like, all the guys are in one room, he just starts screaming, I need Advil! I need Advil! And you're like, well, then take it! You know? So, so I bring all this up because Hunter also had a, a quirky side where he liked to lie. He wasn't, he wasn't a liar. He was not a liar. He just liked to tell lies. So there's a difference. And uh, at least if you debated with Hunter, he would have told you there's a difference. Uh, and so uh, one time we heard Hunter downstairs. And so I'm like, and it's like two o'clock in the morning, which now, you know, he would have done, been just up. But I, so I go downstairs and I'm like, Hunter, you're sleepwalking. You need to go to bed. And he's like, oh no, I just said, hey, Hunter, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I guess I'm sleepwalking. And I'm like, well, now that's weird. He has never spoken to me like that before when he's been doing this. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. So I'm like, okay, well, why don't you go back up to your room? I'll go back up to my room. So he goes up to his room, and I'm kind of standing there. I'm like, that's so weird that he was cognizant of what he was doing, because he never is. So I spent a few moments just kind of walking around downstairs, and we've got a grandfather clock in our dining room. And I come around the corner, and I look down. I don't know why. It was just one of those Holy Spirit, God directed me to where I needed to be. And uh, yeah, there's an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> yeah, just right, right there on the floor next to the, the grandfather clock. I mean, where else would you keep an ice cream sandwich? So I pick it up and put it, put it away, and I go upstairs, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you okay? 
And yeah, Dad, I'm just, I don't know. I guess I just woke up. I'm like, it's okay, bud. Fall back asleep. And I took care of the ice cream, so you don't need to go back down. <laughs> uh, when he's nailed, he was like, you're right. I just, I was hungry. <laughs> oh, man. The kid, the, the kid killed me. You just always had something. You know, this sucks. I, I've been... I've been walking with the Lord since I've been 20 years old. And I thought I've done some hard things. Whew. That was easy lifting. This sucks. And, you know, we've got a couple choices we can do now. We can crawl in our bed and cry, and there's a time for that, and I'm probably going to do that next week a little bit. And we're going to hurt, and it's going to be hard. And that's okay. It's okay to hurt. See, God gave us emotions as a gift. I think a lot of times we're like, oh, these emotions are wrong. I shouldn't feel this way. But the reality is, is God gave us emotions as a gift. And the reality is, is we just need to keep those emotions in check. And so it's okay to really hurt folks. It is. And uh, we got we to gotta press into that hurt. We got to realize that it's there and that's part of what we're going to be going through. And, but we got to also be wise about that hurt. I kind of think about it this way. Let's say you go into your house, and by the way, my wife's an interior designer, so I would never do this, but let's say I decided to move some furniture around. <laughs> if I did that, I would get in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, let's say I go into the house and I move furniture all around, and then when Cynthia comes home, I run out to meet her. I'm like, hey, baby, good to see you. I got a surprise for you. Put this blindfold on. I'm going to take you into the living room, and then I just want you to walk around. Man, I don't know if your significant other wears sandals, but I was always stepping on her feet and hurting them. And so she would come into that house, and she would start stubbing her toes like I was stepping on her feet. Because she wouldn't know where any of the furniture is. She would just be running into it all the time and frustrated. And, and so what does that mean? It's like, well, we've got to come into the darkness We've got to press into this. We've got to deal with it. But we've got to go into it with our eyes open and realize what we're dealing with. We've got to know that we're in the dark. And we've got to keep our eyes open. And we've got to look at the light. We've got to look at the light. It's like being in a dark room and you turn on your cell phone, all of a sudden you can see the light. And that's the cool thing, that when you turn on the light, the difference that makes in the darkness. And so that's what's so cool about this is that we're going to be able to see the light in this darkness at some point. It's always going to hurt. Our emotions are always going to hurt. We're always going to miss them. 10 years, 20 years from now, when Hunter comes across your brain, and I hope he does, it's going to hurt. We're going to miss him. May 5th is going to hurt for a long, long, long time. But we got to look at both sides of the coin. we got to see that there's hurt, but the hurt has a purpose, and it's going to be part of that hurt that's going to heal us. 
So I'm going to just take a couple more minutes, and I know you guys probably already think I've gone too long, but I want to share a couple things about how there's two sides to every part of the process. And this picture up here, by the way, uh, I, I loved Hunter's artwork. That's Hunter. He drew that. I mean, what a gifted kid. He could draw and do it freehand. I mean, if I tried to draw that. <laughs> so, you know, Hunter had this outside, and we'll flip to the next slide. And this was Hunter's outside. Uh, you know, he, that punk, I mean, I've run three marathons. Three. I've never seen my abs. Not, <laughs> never, not once. I don't, I think I have them. I do. Hunter didn't, he was not convinced I had abs. He thought I just had this role. And, um, and so this was Hunter's, I, Hunter's outside. I mean, he just, he always had that smile. And uh, sometimes the teeth, but I mean, he, he always had this grin. But he always had this abs. And it drove us batty. I mean, he had those Hollywood abs. You know, the ones right there. And I was like, mmm. He just ticked me off. And, and so... I know he didn't wear a shirt because it was more comfortable to not wear a shirt. He didn't wear a shirt because he wanted to make sure I saw his abs. <laughs> and this is like, I don't know, six months ago. Then I don't know what the heck went on. Coach Corsby must have said, you know, uh, if your shoulders were a little wider, I might let you do this on the field. And so then all of a sudden, Hunter's like lifting every night. And his shoulders like started doing this, and I just, ah, I was like, ugh. And so he just kept getting bigger, and like you'd be in your office and you hear, what is that noise? It's Hunter's doing pull-ups in the hall. His door was outside my office. I'm like, he just kept getting bigger and more defined and ticked me off. And so this was the outside, and I think so often we look at the outside and say, that's how we should judge a person. That's who that person is. But the other side of the coin, remember the darkness versus the light, and that's light, that's cool. But really, the real thing that made Hunter so different was what's on the inside. That's what made the difference. And if we go to the next slide, it's got a verse on it that I think that's what defined Hunter. I'm not going to read it because it's over there and I didn't put it on here. But I know it. Not memorized it, but I know what it stands for. And this is all about King Saul when the Israelites were saying, we want a king, we want a king, we want that really good-looking one. And God was saying, don't worry about the inside. Don't worry about the outside. If he looks good, don't worry about that part. Worry about the heart. If he loves me, you got a good guy. Man. Hunter loved the Lord with his heart. Oh, did he love the Lord. And it just flowed out of him. He was going to go this summer to Camp Barnabas and work with special needs kids one-on-one. -on -one. I was like, man, who better? And that's not to say the other kids that were going aren't meant to be there. I'm just saying he is so equipped to do that. He'll have so much compassion, so much love. It will flow out of him. And that's why, if you go to the next slide, you see a picture like this. That is the heart 
of my beautiful son, Hunter, that is with the King of Kings right now. That, that's the heart that I so love that flowed out of him, that touched your lives, that touched people, and will continue to touch them. That's what's so cool. So there's two sides. There's the outside, there's the inside. Beauty is Hunter had both. What a deal. Decisions. Let's talk about decisions for a minute. Let's talk about good decisions and bad decisions. Hunter made a horrible decision Thursday. He made a horrible decision Thursday. He took his own life and went home. I would, as Drew said in his note, give 15, if I could get 15 minutes and speak to him about that decision that he made, do anything, anything to prevent it, I would do it. He made the wrong choice. And the reality is, is that he's not alone in struggling with that choice. Others have struggled with that choice and will continue to struggle with that choice. And I want to say really clearly, it's not wrong to struggle with that choice. It's wrong to go the next step. So if you're struggling, there is no issue too large that cannot be overcome with other people's help. Do not believe the lie of Satan that making that choice is the right choice. Come to my house. I live at 104 Maud Court. I don't care. Hunter woke me up at 2 a.m. You can too. Come in my house and say, I'm struggling with this. I might make this choice. It's the wrong choice. But praise God, praise my heavenly Father, who in his incredible wisdom gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to go to the tomb, and to three days later rise again. Because before Hunter made that horrible choice, he made the best and only choice that matters. He asked Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior, to forgive him of his sins, to come into his life, And be his Lord and Savior. And because of that, because of that, choice number one is covered. We're good. We hurt. But guess what? I see Hunter again. I get to hang with him for eternity and listen to those stupid jokes. Good gosh, man. Can you not get a punchline right? Ugh. Please, 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 if you don't know Jesus, wake me up at 2 a.m. He will transform your life. 
adult, student, child, I don't care who you are in here, he will transform it. Doesn't mean it's gonna always be easy, it doesn't mean all the stuff you're struggling with. In fact, it might get harder. My parents thought I joined a cult when I first came to Jesus. Guess what, they came to Jesus too. <laughs> so let me tell you, that is the truth. That's the hope. That's the light in the darkness. So when all this other crap is going on and I stub my foot time and time and time again, this month, next month, three years from now, when I think about my incredible son, I know it's okay because I'm with him in eternity and we praise our king. So it's okay. But it hurts. So I've already said it, but the next, the next scream is what it's all about. Ask him. The, that's the cool part. We ain't got to do anything. We just got to ask him. And he will come in and change us. Not that he doesn't love us as we are. That's the cool part too. So, so let me t tell you two other pieces and I think I'm almost done. I don't know. I got two more pages, so we'll see. I know I'm way over time, aren't I? <laughs> Sorry. So those of you that don't know Hunter, uh, he loved to start things and never finish them. So he was an artist, and so he had this vision of, I'm going to start painting shoes. And uh, this was one of his first projects I found down in our basement. And uh, he was going to do all these cool things, tape it off, and... It seemed like he kept asking me, can you order this? I just need this one more thing, and then I can do it. And so, you know, Hunter is starting projects all over the place. And guess what, folks? Some of us are going to have to pick up where Hunter left off. That doesn't mean come in my house and start painting. What that means is you guys, although you can if you're good. If you're not, don't come to my house. I'm already really bad at painting. You know, what it is is that if Hunter loved the unloved, then you do it. If there's a kid that you know, man, how many people came up to me yesterday and said, Hunter was my first friend. When I had nobody else, he came up to me. Go be somebody's first friend. The kid that you think nobody wants to hang out with, go be with him. Because I heard time and time again, that's who Hunter wanted to hang with. He also wanted to hang with the cool guys. Which this is so cool, by the way, guys. He loved you boys. He loved you guys. Mm. So if there's unfinished work that you saw Hunter doing, start doing it. The other thing, this is a dirty sock of Hunter's. Literally, I'm not going to even put this, this is as close as it can get to my nose. I don't know if a doctor's here, if it gets any closer, I literally pass out. It is that bad. These are all over my house. <laughs> you would find, the other day I came home, I, I travel for work, I came home, there was a pair of boxers on top of my car. <laughs> How does that happen? Like what? What goes on that that happens? I don't, what? So listen, that's the other side of the coin. We've got work that Hunter didn't finish. 
that we each have to figure out what that was in our own lives and do it. Then there's stuff that we're going to see from time to time that's going to remind us of Hunter. Parker, I love you so, so much. And one of the things you and I are going to have to do is have breakfast without Hunter coming down in a storm with a sock off, barely getting down in time for the devotional, waiting for Noah, or Noah waiting for him. What are we talking about? He's not waiting for Noah. Noah pulling up, being like, when is that kid coming out? That's going to be you and me, man. That's going to be the sock that we're going to have to look at for a little while. And it's okay. So sometimes we're going to see the stuff that's undone and we're going to have to pick up pieces and sometimes we're just going to see the memories of Hunter and we're going to have to press into them. So it's okay. Press into them, everybody. Press into them. That's part of the healing. That's part of looking at the darkness and then seeing the light in the darkness, which, by the way, if you haven't figured out, the light in the darkness is Christ. That's what it is. So... What do we got to do? If we go on to the next slide, my wife not only is an incredible decorator, she also is an incredible gardener. So we have some great friends, the Johnsons, who went to Florida, got us a contraband lemon and lime plant. Hope nobody works for the agency that enforces rules on that, but brought it back and we planted it. And uh, man, there's all these buds coming out of it now. The first few years we had it, there was nothing but leaves. And we're like, uh, I guess they got us a leaf plant. Thanks, Brian and Marsha. That's what we were looking for. Um, but then, like a couple of years later, we started to see like a flower here or there and a flower here or there. And then all of a sudden, now we come out and we're looking at these plants and it's like, I think that's going to break. Once all the lemons and limes come in, that's going to break the branches because it's going to be so full. And... Uh, that's us, folks. We're the barren plant right now. We're the plant with no flowers. Because our joy has been hit. But I will tell you this. Just like that plant is getting flowers now, we're going to get back there. And we're going to have joy, and we're going to do things that are going to be incredible. And that's because if we know Christ and he is in our hearts and we walk with him, those flowers come and God heals us. And sometimes a branch will get broken off of a healthy plant. Sometimes we'll come up to that birthday and it's been great for three years, haven't thought of him, haven't cried, and then all of a sudden, my amazing mother-in-law lost her husband for six weeks after we got married. 23 years ago, baby. Whew. The stuff I had put you through. He went home to be with Jesus, and I still miss Jay. And I know his kids do, and Sandy does. But we're, we're a little bit better now, and we know we're going to see him again. So the flowers are coming out, but there's still sometimes some pain, and so sometimes there's going to be pain. But that's okay. I've got a, a new friend that's come into my life, and he says, Keen, you've got to press into the pain. That's how God helps you grow sometimes. So let's press into the pain together. Let's support one another. Let's be Aaron and her to Moses. If you don't know that story, when the Israelites were fighting all day, if Moses' hands were up, 
the Israelites were winning. When his hands went down, not so much. So they got a rock on either side of Moses. And then when his hands were getting tired, Aaron and her would come under him and hold his hands up. Let's hold one another up. You guys are doing that for us right now. There's going to be times when you just start crying for no reason because you remember Hunter. Hold one another up. Be there. I, uh, I went to the University of Connecticut and um, I was a music major. And I don't know, I guess they didn't tell me, but I got a 1.13 and they kicked me out. That was not disclosed, you had to have a 1.2. Which by the way, to get a 1.13 is really impressive. That takes a lot of work. Uh, or a lot of little work. But I love music, it's one of the ways I connect with the Lord. And this song by Casting Crowns, it's called uh, Oh My Soul. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but the second, cor- or second verse and chorus goes, Here and now you can be honest. Here and now you can be honest. I won't try to promise that someday it all works out, because this is the valley. And even now he is breathing on your dry bones. That's the Lord. He's breathing on our hurt. There's a story where he breathes on the bones, and the bones come back to life. They grow muscle and reconnect and become alive again. We are hurting. We are hurting and God is breathing his love onto us. And there will be dancing, which my wife says I don't do well, but there will be dancing again. And there will be beauty, and where beauty was ash and stone. This much I know, oh my soul, you are not alone. There's a place where fear has to face the God you know. One more day, he will make a way. Let him show you how you can lay this down. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. Pick up Jesus, and he will be your Aaron and her, and he will lift your arms as you hurt, and he will heal the wounds. I love you guys. I really do. It is a pleasure to walk through this world with you guys. Thanks for supporting us. What's this a movie of, Hunter? Me with somebody be with me.
have I questioned more the wisdom of God's plan. But through the cloud of tears, I see the Father smile and say, well done. And I imagine you where you wanted most to be, seeing all your dreams come true. Cause now you're home and now you're free. disclaimer is they couldn't give us enough time um, on the stage to talk about every memory um, that I got to spend with him for the last three and a half years um, I'm not gonna lie it's still surreal for me um, it still comes in waves um, to think that uh, every Friday night um, that he's not gonna be there um, but while it stings and it sings in slowly, uh, I try to focus on um, the pure joy and pure light that he brought to my life. Um, every day, every adventure um, was something new. Um, a couple, a couple things that if I had to choose, um, he wouldn't back down from a dare. <laughs> um, run full speed ahead and right into it with clothes or without clothes. <laughs> um, um, it didn't matter how many times we told him his taste in music was questionable at best. Um, he always, he always insisted, insisted that we, uh, he had found what we called the next banger song. Um, the countless arguments on who called shotgun first. Um, he always insisted he called it first. Um, no matter where he went, um, he brought something special into every room, every person he met. He brought a smile to my face every time, every Friday night, every drive home that I had to bring him, um, every cake session at Thomas Brooks. Um, I love every, every part of that person, every part of that boy. Um, 
because God made them so perfectly. Um, so perfectly. Um, but um, as I said, I try to focus on the positive and I try to focus on the future. Um, and as we go through every day, um, it's my prayer that in the midst of remembrance and every single day that we, we learn from who he was. Um, we have to understand that we have a God that's bigger than any obstacle that we see, um, a God that's stronger than any burden that, dragging us, that is dragging us down, um, a God that loves us no matter what flaws um, the devil tells us that we have. My favorite verse, Hebrews 6.19, says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure. Every day is going to be a little battle without him. Everything is going to remind him. Um, every time I look at you guys and I look at, uh, I go to church and youth group, um, everything's going to remind me of him. Um, but I just, I want us to let God be the hope, let God be the anchor for us, um, and let him get us through the storm that it's going to be for the next forever, for a long, long time. Um, so. I love the boy and everything that he is, and everything that he meant to us, everything that he brought into our lives. Thanks. Hunter was by far the goofiest kid I've ever known. Um, and everyone's got those stories. Everyone's got a story. I mean, I think everyone in here that knew him could probably tell a different story. Um, that Hunter did, just something crazy. <sighs> but my favorite times with him weren't those times. They were the serious times where it was just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, driving home late at night, just talking. Few people got to see serious Hunter. They missed out. Get it to more of my height. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm Parker. Um, uh, along with these guys, I was one of Hunter's close friends from uh, our youth group. And I'm not entirely sure what's going to come out of my mouth right now, but. You'll bear with me then. Uh, I'd like to share a few memories, just kind of stand out to me. Uh, the first one, not just a single memory, but I know Ben mentioned going to the park and, and we would go there all the time. And we wouldn't even, sometimes we'd just kick a ball around or just shoot or play with other people. And we'd play for hours and then afterwards he'd be like, all right, let's go to the YMCA and lift weights. I'm like, dude, I'm so tired right now. <laughs> But I mean, I couldn't just not go because that means that he was doing more than me. So I had to go with him. And, you know, I'm dying. And then afterwards, just going home and dropping him off. I'm like, yeah, all right, see you later, man. Uh, and he never missed the opportunity to, to better himself. And another memory that stands out to me was, um, well, a few times in my, in my car, uh, I'd pick him up and, you know, he'd have like a drink with him and he'd be going somewhere. And I, I don't know, I'd say something funny and then he, his total lack of common sense and like manners around people. He just spit his drink out everywhere in the car. And it happened twice, it wasn't just one time, it was twice. And 
all around, like my highly expensive 2005 Toyota Camry. And there's still some residue in there now. I'm serious. You never miss the opportunity to, to, to laugh and spread joy to people. And uh, another one, um, we went to the beach with Ben and his family the last uh, New Year's. And uh, it was the most, it was so stupid, but at like 10.30, maybe like 11 o'clock, we, uh, on New Year's Eve, we decided to run out into the water. And, and it was like 25 degrees outside. And the water must have been like below 10 degrees. And we were just, he was like, all right, yeah, let's do it. And so we, we ran out there. And um, I mean, I, I consider myself faster than him. But on the way back, he bolted back faster. He dusted Ben and I and got inside and... and uh, Never missed the the opportunity to uh, spend some good time with people he loved, and and those memories that, that I have with him, like I'm so blessed to have those, and I hope that all of you have some like that, and there are so many more. But uh, he was he was the kind of guy that you could just you could make memories with. He was he was just like that, and you want to make more, and I wish I could make more, but but I can't. That's the reality of the situation, but I mean, thank thank God for what we have, these memories, and that He was a part of our lives, and that He made all of us better, and will continue to make us better through our memory of Him. I mean, God loves you, and He gave you that, and He will continue to give you that. I mean, getting through this, it's not going to be easy. But, I mean, earlier I was praying with Keen, Hunter's dad, and over the past few days I prayed with, gotten together, just talked with many people. And, man, that's how you get through this, is community with other people. You, if you're not a believer, you're missing out. With prayer and community with people that are one together with God that loves you. Man. Just those meetings with people, they realize that that's what's going to get me through this. And being together with people, man. <laughs> I can't wait to see him again someday. I feel like I should say it. There's a lot of people here. <laughs> so I'm Adam, and I am um, the student pastor at Northwest where, where Hunter went. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to give you a forewarning. If you don't know me, um, I cry a ton. And that's just me. So it'll be a little extra today, I'm sure. Um, one thing, though, is that I, I really hate getting dressed up. Um, I'm not wearing socks, but, uh, never before have I worn a bow tie. And, uh, so, so me and Hunter had a special, special connection in that, um, he was always trying to make me laugh. He told me one of his goals in life was to make me laugh. And I took that as a challenge and I actually never laughed. Uh, at least when he saw me, I, I laughed behind when he wasn't looking because I just didn't want, like someone mentioned, um, 
the, the corny jokes to continue. But I know he's looking at me right now, and he's going, dude, I made you wear a bow tie. So kind of he, he did get me a little bit. Um, so I've had the privilege um, of being Hunter's youth pastor for six and a half years. And uh, over that time, I've, I've seen Hunter in some of his rarest forms, but come to find out it really wasn't all that rare. Um, honestly, it was just what made Hunter such a beautiful person. And um, what others might look at and go, dude, that's so weird. Um, I just appreciated his uniqueness. And literally, I told someone this yesterday, I don't think there's anybody else on planet Earth like Hunter Kulak. Um, he was just such a unique and special person. And I know one thing to be true, um, I know a lot of things to be true, but one big thing to be true of Hunter was that he really wanted to influence people. He, uh, he participated with us on a lot of mission trips, local service projects, going to Haiti, um, was supposed to be going to help special needs kids this summer, as Keen mentioned. Um, but we had multiple conversations of how he just wanted to influence people, not just on a mission trip, but also his friends at school, kids that he knew and, and cared greatly about. And I really didn't know how far his influence reached until um, the past few days when I started getting messages from people in Michigan who went to summer camp with Hunter and, and they let me know that their students were organizing a prayer vigil for him on Thursday night. And then that a group of students at Cedarville University in Ohio was also praying for the Kulak family on Thursday night. And then a group of students is raising money to pay for a rock climbing wall route at the camp that he went to every summer with his name on it in his honor so that when people climb it, they'll see his name and have to overcome tough obstacles um, that are right in front of them. And um, then Friday night, I'm at this, this candlelight vigil with students that I don't even know I've never even seen before. And I'm just hearing the impact and influence that he had and over and over and over, it's, it's you know, when I didn't have anyone, as, as was mentioned, he was the first person to come and reach out to me. It was his smile that was so infectious that everyone will remember um, about him. It was his, his outgoing and joyful personality. I heard people on Friday night over and over and over say that he just brought such joy to their lives and was always concerned with other people having a great day, even if he wasn't. He was always looking out for the other person. And as I'm listening to this and I'm seeing this influence, it just, it just hit me so hard that Hunter made it really easy for me to talk tonight because I get to tell you why he had that joy. And, I, and I'm very, very confident of where it came from. I want to read a verse to you out of Scripture, and then I'm going to, I'm going to elaborate a little bit. 1 Peter 1.8 says, though you have not seen him, God, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Friday night, student after student talked about Hunter's inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? because he knew who Jesus was and had a relationship with him. So while others might see it as he's just a positive person and he's, he's got positive energy and he, that's just his personality, he's, you know, he's easygoing and he's happy, um, I know the truth behind it because scripture tells me the truth behind it. And so the greatest way 
that we can honor Hunter today in his life is by sharing the thing with you that he held most dear in his life. It was so obvious to me. And that was his relationship with Jesus. So I wanna walk you through what that means in case you don't know Jesus because to honor Hunter would be to tell you. So in the beginning, God created mankind. God created Adam and Eve and he created them to have a perfect relationship with. He didn't need them to have a relationship with. He wanted to have a relationship with them and so he created them in perfection. He walked with them in the garden. He talked with them. He ate with them. God was in fellowship with Adam and Eve. But they wanted more than they felt like God could offer, and they believed a lie. God was not enough for them, and so they disobeyed God, and that was the worst decision in the history of mankind that was ever made, to disobey God in that moment. And so when they disobeyed God, sin entered the world, along with sin, not just sin, and I'll explain that in a second, but there was pain, there was heartache, there was sadness, there was depression, anxiety, and so many other things that happened as a result of their decision. And so um, with that, the worst part, as a result of their disobedience to God, their sin, there was now an, an impossible separation between God and man. And all throughout history, God has continued to pursue mankind because he so desperately wants that relationship that he created us to have with him in the beginning. He pursues us, he loves us, he runs hard after us, and we oftentimes run away. But it was broken. The relationship was broken, and now there's this distance. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us in this room, myself included, was born into sin. We have no choice. It's a result of the decision that was made thousands of years ago. So we're born into sin, and that sin, that separation from God, creates an emptiness in our hearts. And all through our lives, we try to fill that emptiness with so many different things. We try to fill it with people, friendships, but people will fail us. We try to, we try to fill it with money, with wealth, with things, but some of the wealthiest in the world say that that's not enough. They don't get satisfaction from that. They try to fill it with, we try to fill it with popularity, we try to fill it with recognition, we, we try to feel important by the things that we do and accomplish, but nothing will fill that emptiness that we feel in our heart. God knew that way before we were even born, and so he had a plan. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of our sin is death. In other words, because of our sin, we're separated from God and we deserve to remain that way when we die. So we're separated at birth, and if we don't come to know Jesus, then we die and we remain separated from him for eternity. But God sends Jesus, his own son. He sends his own son down to this earth to live, to walk among us. He experiences pain. He experiences heartache. He experiences sadness. Why does he experience these things? He experiences that so that when we feel pain, when we feel heartache, when we feel sadness, we have someone to turn to who is God, but who has also experienced everything that we 
do. He was bullied. He was looked down upon. He was told that he wasn't enough. And this is where the story starts getting really personal for a lot of us in this room. Jesus is arrested, he's mocked, he's brutally beaten, he's spit on, he's humiliated, and then he's hoisted up onto a cross to die. Why does he die? Because God loves you. And God loved me enough to have his own son sacrificed and killed. The only way that we're able to enter back into a relationship with God, the one that he originally intended us to have, is through Jesus. It says in Romans 5.8 that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God looked at us. He looked at our filth. He looked at our mess. And even in those moments, he loved us enough to have Jesus die while we were sinning. Not while we were good, because that would be easy to love someone when things were going well, right? But he looked at us when we were in our sin, making mistakes in our filth and in our mess, because he loves us even when we're at our worst. But it doesn't end there. See, Jesus died on the cross, but a few days later, he rose from the dead. In Matthew 28, we see that some people um, went looking for him or went to his tomb to, um, to honor him, and an angel was there, and he said, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here. He has been raised just as he said. Jesus himself even said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die, and those who live and believe in me will never die. So not only on the cross did Jesus take care of that separation from God, that sin that we're born into, but he also took care of eternity. He beat spiritual death and he beat physical death. And so when we die, we know that we will be with God in heaven forever because Jesus rose from the grave and gave us the ability to do that. There's a quote by a guy named D.L. Moody. He said, someday you will hear that Dwight Moody is dead. Don't believe it. For at that time, I will be as alive as I've ever been. And right now, Hunter is more alive than he has ever been. He's in the presence of Jesus. And uh, while we grieve together, if we're followers of Jesus, we have hope of one day seeing him again. Hunter made a decision to follow him. I know that for a fact. I've talked to him about it. I've seen it evidenced in his life. That's important to know because Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing separates us from the love of God. Absolutely nothing. And I know that he decided to follow Jesus and he's in heaven with him now. So the big question then is how does that happen? It's one thing to just talk about it, but how do we actually believe and accept? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's kind of that simple. 
You don't have to pay a bunch of money. You don't have to do a lot of good things. Thank God. You believe that Jesus actually did those things. You believe that it's enough to bring you back into that relationship that was intended when God created the world and mankind. You believe that and you confess it, then you'll be saved. And then heaven. There's a songwriter that said it really well and there's so many good songs about heaven. He says, but just think of stepping on shores and finding it heaven, of touching a hand and finding it God's of breathing new air and finding it celestial, of waking up in heaven and finding it home as Hunter did. I'm gonna talk to everybody over here for a second and other students if you're scattered. Hunter told me last Sunday, the last time that I saw him, he told me that he wanted his friends to know Jesus. He said he was burdened that he wasn't doing enough said, I want to talk more about Jesus to my friends. I want them to know what I know. I want them to have the relationship that I have. Last time I talked to him, he was concerned for you guys. Because he loved you, and he wanted you to experience the life change that Jesus can offer. So in honor of Hunter and his request to me last week, I just want you to consider a relationship with Jesus, the best decision you can ever make, the best decision that Hunter made in his life. So I pray that you would consider that this evening. Every one of you is loved by God. That's why he sent Jesus. Every one of you is loved by so many others in this room. And I wanna, I wanna tell you guys something when we wrap up um, here in a little bit. Out the doors over here to the left, there's a giant sign that says next steps. And in that room, we're going to have some people in there to talk to you. We're going to have some adults in there. And if, if you're stirred at all by the gospel, by what Jesus did for you, then I want you to go to that room. There's no embarrassment or shame. Even if your friends are here and they're not there, go into that room and talk to somebody. Not only that, but if you're struggling with depression right now, if you're asking the hard questions that we're all asking and you need to talk to somebody, go to that room because we'll have people there to talk. Please consider, in honor of Hunter, what he wanted so desperately for you. Let's pray together and then we're gonna, we're gonna sing, I think. God, thank you for, um, thank you for, being you. Um, thank you that we're not. I thank you for creating and I thank you for creating us to have relationship with you. And I thank you that even at our worst, you had your own son killed so that we might have a relationship with you again. That's how much you loved us. I thank you that Hunter made that decision and we hope in the fact that after this blink of a life is over, we get to see him forever, for eternity. So thank you for that hope, God. I pray that nobody in this room would leave without at least considering giving their life to you. 
The reason we know that Hunter was the way that he was with his joy and love for people was a result and evidence of what you can do in someone's life. So God, thank you for allowing us to remember and tell stories, and I know we will for um, a long time, God. But just um, invade us with your spirit, I pray. And um, God, we love you. Thanks for your son. In his name, amen. Let's all stand and sing. Shining as the sun 
no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Than when we first begun. Than when we first begun. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy ran, unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing.
let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher. to him who was able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all time both now and evermore let's pray together our great God our great Father Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to talk about you this afternoon. God, we thank you that you are a God that can be with us in our tragedy and stand with us in our sorrow and be a presence to us in the midst of our pain. And God, we recognize that you lost your own son and felt that pain and your son Jesus experienced loss and pain and confusion and fear. And Lord, we know that he is here with us now. And he sacrificed himself for us. And God, we just thank you for that. And we thank you for the hope that you give us in the midst of despair. And Lord, we thank you for this light. And we ask God, even through this tragedy, that we might lift that light higher and higher and that your name may be lifted higher and higher. And God, that none of us would ever be the same as a result of this because Hunter's memory and his life impacted us in such a way to make a difference in somebody else's life. We love you, God, and we thank you. Thank you for being with us. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing.
behalf of your family, we thank you, and you're dismissed.